Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 486, October 27th, 2020. It was 74 degrees on this day in two occasions, on two occasions, 1922 and 1948. And in 1997, it was a morning like this morning. It was 13 degrees. Oh. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I have a test for you all. Why do you start it out like that? I'm going to say a term, and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. B. Pickles. <laughs> Coral reef. Oh, the ocean. Fish. Jimmy Buffett. Uh, big boats. <laughs> well, you all failed the test. No. Coral reefer. Coral reef. Weed. <laughs> uh, living organism. Australia. Good eye, mate. Yeah. Climate change. I, I'm going on I thought I thought you'd finally just say climate change because aren't we told repeatedly that the coral reefs are in danger and it's because of climate change? Yes, yeah. it's a, a really a constant story. A massive new coral reef, measuring 1,600 feet, it's taller than the Empire State Building, has been discovered in Australia's Great Barrier Reef, making it taller than some of the world's highest skyscrapers. Scientists found the detached reef, which is the first to be discovered in more than 120 years in waters off North Queensland, while an expedition aboard research vessel FALCOR, Ocean Research Organization, Schmidt Ocean Institute, announced Monday. The reef was discovered on October 20, as scientists completed an underwater mapping on the seafloor of the northern Great Barrier Reef. At 500 meters tall, it's higher than the Empire State Building, the Sydney Tower, and the Petronas Twin Towers. Using an underwater robot named Sebastian, the team explored the reef on Sunday and live-streamed footage of the exploration. Experts say that the base of the blade-like reef measures 1.5 kilometers wide, about a mile wide, rising 500 meters to its shallowest depth of 40 meters below the ocean's surface. There are seven other tall, detached reefs in the area including the reef at Rain Island, a significant green turtle nesting site. Robin Beeman, who led the expedition, said he was surprised by the discovery. Amen, amen, amen. And amen. That's we great are news. Told, we are told, it's wonderful news, we are told that humankind has destroyed the coral reefs because we're, de- we're destroying everything. Mm-hmm. Here's one they didn't even know about. Hmm. Right in their backyard. Massive coral reef. How can that is? You bring up a good point. To find that right now, being I understand about water on the moon, we're not there. But here, isn't everything mapped out above and below sea level? No, not everything. Not everything. Isn't that amazing? That's and I love it. It's great news. Uh, it's just wonderful news. Uh, coral reefs are important to the ecosystem, and they're breeding grounds for God knows what. And here's one they didn't even know existed. 
Now, I'm not accusing these people of being the ones who run around and tell me that the uh, climate is ruining the coral reefs, but that's, uh, th- those, those kinds of observations are readily available that, you know, mankind has destroyed the coral reefs. Well, no, not if you keep finding new ones that are massive. Here's another, I got another one, Larry, right over there on the Jeez, left. Jeez Louise. What the heck? Hey, I gave Dave Downing a plug yesterday about his pumpkin patch. Yeah, on uh, Fort Barkley yeah. and Snelling. <clears throat> he sells pumpkins at the Highland Water Tower. Yep. Uh, they uh, he'll resume sales tomorrow, Wednesday through Saturday, at the Highland Water Tower. And I'm just saying that because he's a frequent contributor, uh, hail fellow, well met, and he really he, I can get you a pumpkin. He's, he's got an good entrepreneur is what he's he is. got good pumpkins. Yes, he does. All he's sizes. Got good pumpkins. Mm-hmm. You know, but right. apparently he doesn't like to work when it's 19 degrees out. Well, I don't know. I don't know that he's. Oh, okay. uh, I don't know what kind of arrangement he might even have with the city. Uh, because I'm sure what he had to jump through hoops. With, what's your deal, Rook? You got a beef with Downing? No, I love the guy, but I love to uh-huh. tease him. Well, that was he's a, a hard swing. worker, but I'm giving him a little shot that he's laundering pumpkins. He's not laundering them. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Reavers. Yes, sir. Are you here? Yeah, no. I had to print off our log for today. Sorry. Yes, sir. Something wrong with your voice? <clears throat> I'm all choked up by that story you just read. Yeah. About the coral reefs? <laughs> yeah, it's just so emotional. Uh, when, are, when is Lacey Johnson joining us? Uh, working on Lacey to confirm, but we are having, uh, oh, help me, the other gentleman running against Angie Ta- Craig. Tyler Kistner? We're having him on Thursday's program. Right. Well, where's Lacey? Working on confirming a day, sir. For tomorrow or He's, Friday? Yeah, sometime this week. All right. Tyler Kistner is running against... Kistner is running against Angie Craig, mm-hmm. and Lacey Johnson, of course, is running against Ilhan Omar. Did you and see the, what her tweet was about today? I did not. Yeah, she I won't. don't follow her on Twitter. John, you want to? I did, did, I did you, not see it. Well, she wants us to expand the Supreme Twitter. Court. Oh, yeah, she wants us to go to well, 11 or 13. we got to have some more people. Do. That's why, yeah. Isn't it nice how, how, how praised this new Supreme Court justice was for being a a female and how they all came together and celebrated her. Not once did I hear that. I don't understand the fear of a woman who embraces the Constitution and loves it for what it is, the greatest document ever written in the history of the human race. And she is absolutely feared by the left. Uh, she said the following. Remember that Republicans have lost six of the last seven popular votes, by ha- but have appointed six of the last nine justices. By expanding the court, we fix this broken system and have the court better represent the values of the American people. What's no. broken about the Supreme Court? What's broken? Nope. And I love it, though. I, for- I don't know who this person is, uh, but they said, Ilhan Omar lecturing on American values. <laughs> a frequent, a frequent podcast listener named Doug Evans, who was a, uh, a 87 Cretan graduate of mine, a buddy of mine, uh, sent this out on Facebook. Last night, a mother of seven, two of which are adopted, was sworn in as an associate Supreme Court justice by an African-American Supreme Court justice, proving yet, again, conservatives are misogynistic racists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that Bob yeah. Evans? Doug. Do you know Bob? Uh, yes, I know. Oh, yeah, Bob. I know Bob. Are they well. related? Uh, they're not. Uh, Bob okay. is from the uh, north, northern Minnesota, and Doug is from St. Paul. Do you know Bob and he restores and Doug? classic cars. <laughs> really? Eh. Yes. Ema. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eh. Hey, How about Dwight Evans? I got some really bad hair today, huh? Yeah, you do. I do too, yeah. I know. <clears throat> you got to cut that salad. 
Um, so, which one of you guys uh, are constitutional scholars? What do you want to um, know? Because my question is, <laughs> all of us, how many did we, didn't we originally start with? Was it five? And we bounced it up to six, and then we've bounced it up to we're at nine now. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there doesn't seem to be a cap limit. That's my question. Do we need a cap limit? Do we need to just put a limit on this? Or I, w- are we I just personally to, would. I personally. Are we going to ever expand until the end of time? You're probably going to expand until the party in control has what they want. Can I? May I right. ask a, a dumb question? But it is a serious question. Why adding justices? Oh, because they're figuring Biden is going to be in office, so they're going to add two more liberal or three more li- liberal junk. Okay, I got it. I answered mm-hmm. may, I, may I follow that up with an even dumber question? Well, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm, I'm winning so wouldn't far. You, Very accustomed to wouldn't it. Wouldn't you want to have an odd number to offset? Uh, yeah, it's 5-4 right now. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't you always yeah, want to have an odd I, I personally would. I'm personally I'm a big fan of the Supreme Court. I love reading their decisions. Uh, I have no problem with them. And the I think it's naive. Congress. Yeah, I did not know that. Well, that's why they can pack it if they want to, if they gain, been the, as, gain the House. There's been as few as six, but since 1869, there have been nine. I suppose you could say the Republicans have packed it <laughs> under Trump. Well, isn't that... That's uh, unless, packing means, unless packing means in addition to. I think it means adding, yeah, if yeah. you add another two or three yeah. or whatever. Yeah. What are we to make of the uh, decision by the Anoka Hennepin School Board? Have you followed that, John? I did. I have it in my news, actually. Well, I'm going to do it, but you still do it. The the Anoka Hennepin School Board voted 5-1 to to allow students to continue with in-person extracurricular activities, including sports, while the middle and high school students remain at full online learning. The decision to move online learning came after the 14-day average volume of cases in Anoka County reached more than 30 cases per 10,000 people, according to the Minnesota Department of Health. At that case rate, the state recommends high school and middle students, middle school students participate in online earning only, learning only. Anoka Hennepin is moving forward with that recommendation, but voted Tuesday not to cancel sports. The vote came after dozens of students and parents showed up at the meeting asking board members to let students continue participating in extracurricular activities. All the kids who showed up definitely, I think, made a difference because if we weren't here, they wouldn't see how badly we wanted this, Blaine High School student and member of the dance team, Kendall Isaacson, said. The decision from the school board could change if infection rates start to increase. As part of the vote to keep activities, board members voted to clarify which metrics they will use in the future to determine if activity should continue. It seems like the board overall is very open to hearing alternative ways to measure the data and not necessarily rely on the county rates, parent of an Andover High School student, Christy Weekle said. During the state's COVID-19 update Monday, Department of Health officials said 3,410 cases have been linked to sports, leading to more than 7,000 households isolating. What did I just hear? John's dog. It's my dog. I'll, I'll get him out of here wow. when we take a break. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to do it right now, John. Is that Larry? He is snored like crazy. I That's fine. That's fine. You, I you love guys Larry. carry on. I'll, I'll, I'll move J- him up. John, no, you know I think what? you should keep the dog there. I like oh, that. Okay. John, Larry's, Larry's drop into okay. the Garage Logic podcast is my favorite since yesterday's drop in on the Garage Logic <laughs> let's, podcast. Let's not. Let's not. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Larry. <laughs> 
So in other words, uh, in Hennepin County, Anoka Hennepin, I think that's the state's largest school district, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, yes, it is. The, uh, you can still play your sports and have your dance teams and do everything you want, but you're not going to go to school. Right. So which is it? I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm tired of trying to figure this out. You can play football and be in a big pile of guys smothering and sweating on each other, but you, which is fine with me, by the way, but you can't oh, okay. go to school. You can't go to school. Well, what the hell is it? I, uh, right now, there are 45 counties in Minnesota that have infection rates at a level higher than what the state recommends to allow high school sports, including Anoka Hennepin. Their, their, their rate is higher than the state guidelines. Their rates of infection are higher. And yet the school board is saying, well, you know, a lot of you kids showed up here and you still want to continue your extracurricular activity, so we're going to do that. We're going to go for that. You're not going to go to school. You're not going to go to school. Why in the hell aren't these kids in school? Don't know. Are these outdoor activities? Exclusive well, outdoor activities? No, no. This would include indoor. Everything. If it's extracurricular, the dance team's indoors and uh, right. the chess volleyball. team is indoors or whatever. Volleyball's okay. indoors. All right. In fact, right now, the only thing outside is football. Everything else is indoors. And that's going to be allowable. But you're not going to go to school. I don't understand it. I don't pretend to understand it. Well, I can understand why they don't let them into school. Uh, It's the extracurricular activities I don't understand. Isn't that where you're at? I I mean, you know why they're not in, in classrooms, right? Because of the... You know, passing the, the COVID, right? The, yeah, you know, you're passing it around. You're trapped. There's a bunch of bodies in there, not moving for hours at a time. And Joe, what was the et cetera, et cetera? Uh, what was the uh, the phrase that you had early on in, amidst the pandemic, where the outcome is going to be worse than the virus? There was something that you had said, you, or the, there was a story you were citing. The cure is worse than the disease. Whatever that is, but I think what's what's happening is sure. Of course, schools have to be concerned about a virus outbreak. But the stress you're putting on families right now because of this, the ones that are just merely trying to get by and ones that have lost jobs, that's adding to the absolute angst that's in society right now. How come Catholic grade schools are open and Catholic high schools? Is that divine intervention? Well, they don't have to abide by the state guidelines. Right, the the, the school district. I don't know if that is the same with sports because the state high school league would be the governing body for that. Yeah, but wouldn't you look at those schools and the way they're operating? As, to my knowledge, uh, no uh, private Catholic school has come down with any problems. Right. Uh, Creton Durham Hall is going... They're a, hybrid. They're hybrid, right, aren't they? A through L and then M through Z. Uh, they go in three days a week, and then the next day they go in two days uh, a week. So they kind of alternate. But my little to, girls are in every day. Every day. At the uh, school in St. Paul? At, at the grade school, okay. every day. Same with uh, Nativity, I believe. and then Yeah. No, I know for a fact Nativity because i got kids there, too. The Academy's all in, too, with all the boys. And I think mm. Visitation as well. I don't know about the uh, Are you guys pioneers. buying your way out of COVID? Is that what it is? Like <laughs> yeah, you just recruit good people. Well, I'm not paying for it. Uh, but, the, but my point is, well, they're open and functioning just fine. Well, why can't Highland Park High School open or, or Harding? What, what's the problem? Well, I don't know what the school district, the, the problem right now with some of the teachers is their union contract says they are to work eight hours. I think this is in Minneapolis. I don't know if this is Anoka or not. But because of all this extra work they're doing, they're 12, 10 hours uh, because they have splits. I mean, it, there's, it's a big mess, and there's no one 
easy answer, and I, I don't know what the answer is. I just know what they're complaining about. Well, the answer in Anoka-Hennepin is Anoka High School is closed to learning, but you can play football for Anoka. Which seems kind of bizarre, doesn't it? Well, none of the rules make sense, even outside of schools. You know, you I, will, I will continue to say what I've said from day one. I know nothing more today than I did on March 15th. And unfortunately, neither does the administration that's making these policies. They act like they do, and they act like they're taking the advice of the Department of Health and whatnot, but they don't know anything more than the rest of us. Nothing tops the old Gavin, though, out in California. Nothing tops the noose. <laughs> oh, I got an email about that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did it go? Where did it go? Here we go. <clears throat> Solving California Thanksgiving. This comes to us from Bernie. We've been told that only six people are allowed to meet for Thanksgiving, but 30 for a funeral. Mm-hmm. With that said, I announced that we will be holding a funeral for our pet turkey that will pass away on November 26th. Refreshments provided in lieu of flowers. Please, please bring a side or dessert. <laughs> Absolutely. See? That's clever. There you go. Yeah. Love that. Our pet turkey died. Our pet died. turkey died yesterday. Oh, no. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, What's up? It's going to be a long, hard winter for a lot of parents if these kids don't get in school. It's already been a long, cold October for these parents. And uh, I have no oh, wisdom of Solomon to provide. I have no idea. Well, I don't I'm, know what we're waiting for. Well, and I'm just citing, I guess we're waiting for a vaccine, I guess. I, Is I'm, that the answer? I guess, but I'm just citing my own. But my wife and I both have to go in every day. And our two boys go in, go to school Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. They distance learn on Wednesday. And they qualify for a program because we both have to go in every day. If they send these kids home, we are totally screwed. If they decide that they're not allowed to come into school anymore. You know, Saturday Night Live, they're not supposed to have an audience. So they pay the audience every Saturday so they're considered employees. Mm-hmm. And then they, they get away with that. So <laughs> this is ridiculous. Right. The whole thing's ridiculous. Yeah. And it was brought to a head yesterday with Gavin Newsom's Thanksgiving rules, which are jumping the shark. Rook, are you aware of uh, Gavin Newsom's Thanksgiving rules? Yes. You have to have Thanksgiving outside. Yep. No more than three families. It doesn't put a number on it. What if it was three families of 20 people? Yep. That's 60 people. That's three times. That's 60 people. What kind of stuffing are you going to have? I have no idea. <laughs> I knew you'd turn it into food, though. Speaking of that, <laughs> you're bringing in your stuffing this year. That's, that's What, for you? Exactly. For you. Exactly. <laughs> I'll trade you a, a, a bowl of... Oh, uh, you are. You know what you are? I forgot all about that, you jerk. <laughs> I'll, I'll trade you a bowl of sauerbraten oh my God. for a bowl of your dressing. Why are you so hung up on sauerbraten? He, he, he sent me a video uh, text and just said, hmm, sauerbraten. As that the great guest of the show, Mimi, is preparing this delicious <laughs> vat of sauerbraten, and he's just, that's taunting. I know, you can hurt a man through his stomach, can't yes, you? Yes, that's what you did. You really know how to make a man feel bad. <laughs> Your uh-huh. tweet was pretty funny, though. Uh-huh. Oh. I've never had it. What's the, what's the... It's just uh, beef and mushrooms and homemade spatzel and uh, slow-cooked. It's, like it's, just... it's a pot roast on drugs. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. way better than just a regular pot roast. Say there's a year-end sale right now on all scooters and electric bikes at EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake, downtown Forest Lake. These are the lowest prices with the best selection. And, uh, you know, despite this weather... Lay that inventory in now, and you'll be ready to enjoy it next spring, including the new 
The new step-through 24-inch and 26-inch Bintelli electric bikes ready to go. Fat tire Bintelli bikes, great for hunters and off-road riders all year long. They'll even add studded tires for those of you who love riding on the lakes all winter. All remaining wildside old-school-looking uh, electric bikes on year-end sale for $14.99. All Yamaha electric bikes on year-end sale for the lowest prices of the year. And I think I have a note. Yeah, they're sold out entirely of 2021 Yamaha ATVs. Wow. And are down to only three snowmobiles left in stock, the new Yamaha snowmobiles. So hurry into EcoFun if you want one. Great people. Time uh, out. Great. Time out in the middle yeah. of your ad. What's yeah. the service he provides? I should take I should take advantage of it for the uh, scooter. He sends a truck through town. He picks up what you need servicing, takes it back to Forest Lake. They fix it and bring it back to you for a nominal charge. Just tell them I don't need it until March. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be needing it about, two, I don't know, April or uh, March. Start all winter. Okay. You know, that's, that's worth asking them. I doubt if they have a storage uh, capability, but right. that might be worth asking well, them. Well, it couldn't hurt to give it a tune-up. Well, that's right. Mine's going there in the spring. Mm. My Yamaha is going to be going there in the spring. It's EcoFun Motorsports. It's right on Highway 61 because GLers know Highway 61. It's right on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. EcoFun Motorsports. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Here's Johnny Height. Thank you, Joe. This update is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Vice President Mike Pence returned to northern Minnesota on Monday, drawing contrast with Democrat Joe Biden as the race for the White House enters its final week. Pence told the crowd of about 650 people, we have a choice to make. It's a choice between a Trump recovery and a Biden depression. Pence's visit and his campaign schedule comes as five of his aides, including his chief of staff and his senior political advisor, tested positive for COVID-19 over the weekend. It was the administration's fourth visit to northern Minnesota after President Trump visited Bemidji and Duluth and Pence stopped in Duluth in recent months. President Trump has made it a mission to win the state, which has not voted for a Republican for the presidency since 1972. It's a long time. Wow. I, I have a, may I ask a question? You no, may. Um, no further questions. <laughs> so I heard it today from former President Obama who was speaking and CNN had picked it up. And I heard this from Biden last week talking about how the Trump economy, the great economy that he was handed over in 2016, he now failed. I, I don't get why that's all, all of a sudden become a narrative. Can someone help me with that? Uh, it's typical boilerplate September 20th 20 uh, no September 2012 Obama had a 7.8 percentage uh, unemployment rate okay September 2020 this year um, President Trump had a 7.9 unemployment rate the lowest that unemployment has ever been uh, was um, February of this year, 2020, 3.5. Wow. The lowest that Obama ever had it was November of 2016, 4.7. What you're hearing, Chris, are bold face lies. Thank you. And Trump then COVID is hit. good for the economy. So then COVID hit. It COVID hit and then it COVID hit. wiped yeah, out obviously. 4% unemployment? It went up to 9.9. Yeah, wow. 
Kind of no, wait, uh, I'm sorry, notes? I'm sorry. It went up to 14.7, 14.7. So Trump also has the record high. But it's mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. And that is why, you dum-dums, why Trump was trying to big up the U.S. and downplay the COVID thing because he he knows that everything he says, uh, hin- you know, the stock market hinges on it. You've become such a sycophant, Kenny. Right. But, Boy, John, it's, I mean, the numbers are there. Look at the, the numbers. If I, I don't have to be, I don't have to eat the soup or drink the coffee or whatever, the, the Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. The numbers are there. There's also, if you, if you go look at all the numbers of the economy, yeah, go do do several studies. There's several studies about this, depending on who the who did the study. Well, that's tell me where to go. I will. I absolutely go. will. I was going to uh, poo-poo you and be a smartass, but instead, I, I'm going to do the research. Hold on, I got a pen. Let and me paper. know what you find. Tell me. Look at the end of the Trump or the Obama administration, where the economy was, all aspects of the economy, and then look after four years of Trump. You're not giving or me three a website years. address. Well, I don't have one at my beck and mm, call. Can't you just make this bleep up as well? You're, uh, you're just pulling you're gonna, this out You're going to be sorry. Head. I'm going to send you a bunch of stuff now. May we, so, we, may we continue, please, with all this intramural... So, yeah, Rook, what, what what we heard here is Kenny's going to do all the research. You don't have to. Yeah, get that report back to me before Kenny. you show it to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> take a look at it. I'm busy this week being an actor. Oh. <laughs> I don't have time to do it. Do you have stuff. a big part in this, Kenny? Are you, are you, I have you know. one, two, three, four, four or five small roles. Uh, hmm. He's uh, in the company of Storm the Castle with the pictures. Uh, <laughs> He's Jordan. talking about uh, FM 107 staging War of the Worlds. Yes. Oh, that's and scary. it's really a lot of fun. I thought I was going to hate it. Turns out I really love it. Well, you're a thespian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> uh, I do. I like boys, Joe. Uh, no, <laughs> I like girls. You better <laughs> save that cut. You better save that cut. That is not going anywhere. I like boys. 25-45. I will be sending that clip to Jason Matheson. Yeah, send it over to Jason. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, I Joe Biden going on offense, <laughs> heading to Georgia, which hasn't backed a Democrat for the presidency since 1992. The Democratic presidential nominee planned to travel to Iowa, which Trump took by 10 points in 2016. Later this week, his running mate, Senator Kamala Harris, is headed to Arizona and Texas where Republicans haven't lost any statewide office since 1994. I'm sweaty now. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just, the sweat is dripping down in front of your head. <laughs> the look on your face when you realized what you said was perfect. You see him trying to grab those words back and just trying to pull them back in. <laughs> so the truth of it is, the truth of it is, he didn't know what thespian meant. <laughs> uh, well, he thought he was I a do, thespian, but I was trying to make a joke. And I know you were. Cheap line, I, and you messed it up. It did, did not work. <laughs> Are you kidding? It worked better than it could have ever possibly worked. <laughs> uh, so far this year's election, more people have already cast ballots than voted early or absentee in the entire 2016 race. The opening of early voting locations in Florida, Texas, and elsewhere has piled millions of new votes. On top of the mail ballots arriving at election offices as voters try to avoid crowded places November 3rd. The result, right now 58.6 million ballots have been cast so far, more than the 58 million that the Associated Press logged as being cast through the mail or at in-person early voting sites in 2016. Uh, So far, Democrats have continued to dominate the initial balloting, but Republicans are narrowing the gap. GOP voters have begun to show up as early in-person voting. 
October 15th, Democrats registrants cast 51% of the ballots compared with 25% from Republicans. On Sunday, Democrats had a slightly smaller lead. 51 to 31 percent. Of course, those early vote totals uh, can't be tracked to see who you vote for. Uh, even if you're a Democrat, you may vote for a Republican and vice versa. So speaking of that, uh, boys, uh, there was a video that surfaced of AOC accusing her uh, own party of voter suppression. Here's a little snippet of that. There is no place in the United States of America where two, three, four hour waits to vote Sorry, is acceptable. And just because it's happening in a blue state doesn't mean that it's not voter suppression. You know, if we are waiting three hours, four hours, five hours, if this was happening in a swing state, there would be national coverage. So I don't want us to think that just because this is a blue state that this isn't a problem. This is very clearly a problem. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. But uh, that being said, at the same time, I am thrilled to see how many people who are overcoming this injustice, waiting in the lines anyway, bringing community supplies. Hit the blow up button. <laughs> I was waiting to see how long you Just hit the last. damn dynamite. <laughs> I can't listen to that nutcase. <laughs> you lasted a lot longer than I thought you were. That's Rook and I were banking on right. at least being only 20 seconds you're going to be able to tolerate. I was looking at a woodpecker out here on the rock, and I want to get rid of him. <laughs> Is it a thespian? No. No. He likes boys. I do have a, a voting song. Oh, oh so good. It did, I did write an election. I know, Chris, this is extremely bipartisan. Nobody will be able to find fault with this, Wait Republican or Democrat. Uh, we don't know that. <laughs> well, you got to hear it first. It's true. Jay Hyde at garagelogic.com. Yeah, it's about voting, and it's just a little bipartisan thing I put together with mm. some nice jazz chords, okay? Oh, okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. We're one week away from election day. I've got a feeling after people will still have a lot to say. Winners will gloat, say my guy's the goat, and they just won't slink away. No matter who wins, hopefully everyone remains cool. Don't yell and holler and act all the fool. Losers know they got beat. Don't sit and yell cheat. After all, we don't want another duel. Get it, duel, Alexander Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll just go to the last verse here. Mm -hmm. When all is said and done, you can't be hiding. What do you think that's going to rhyme with? Biden. If you're so inclined to get out and vote for Biden, if you'd like to re-elect Donald Trump, just get off your rump. rump. Your rump. We'll all join in on that one. Yep. Yeah. Or maybe you'll... What's going to rhyme with Hayden and Biden? Hmm. Hmm. Or maybe yeah. you'll just prefer a ride-in. <laughs> right <laughs> in. Get it? Right in. Right in. That's it. I'm thinking you got it. Fantastic, John. Yeah. That was very soft. Put a lot of effort into that one, I see. I did put a lot of effort into that one. That was was a lot of work. Uh Can't tell if he's being sarcastic or not. It's Kenny. What do you think? (laughs) I'm going with yes. Uh, delivery by the U.S. Postal Service remains slow despite the intervention, intervention of federal judges and some voting advocates that say ballots not in the mail may now not arrive in time to be counted. Uh, meanwhile, a divided Supreme Court said Monday the mail-in ballots in Wisconsin could be counted only if they are received by election day. 
Democrats in the state had asked the court to allow the counting of ballots that arrive up to six days after Election Day if they were postmarked by November 3rd. The ruling 5-3 to three coming just before the Senate voted to add Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Like other states, Wisconsin has seen a major influx of absentee ballots returned to this point. Uh, federal authorities charged a formal postal worker yesterday after he discarded mail, which they say included over 100 absentee ballots in a dumpster outside of Louisville, Kentucky. Whoops. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> wow. Whoops. Hmm. This is only the beginning. This is a really bad idea. We've only just begun. <laughs> the, effort to, the effort to encourage disinterested people to vote is ruining the voting process. I agree. I agree completely. But it's coming from both sides. I, I see both the right and the left. You can be disinterested on either side. So I have a question then. Do they, When they give the election results, do they say, you know, uh, Joe Biden, X number of votes, this number was, of that, this was in-person voting, and this was absentee ballots. Is that information ever disclosed? 30% of these votes were um, cast by people who can't tie their own shoes. I'm sure, Chris, because it takes up to five days for states to certify, I would guess after that, I'll bet all that information, yes. Okay, because I didn't know if that was always made public or not. Kelsey Kelsey sent in an H.L. Mencken quote. I've always loved H.L. Mencken. I have his books. I've read all, all of them. The whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by an endless series of hobgoblins, most of them imaginary. H.L. Mencken. Hmm. I love that. That's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. Because did you guys see Mike Huckabee's tweet? No, I don't spend a lot of time in the tweet world, Chris. Don't follow Mike, sorry. Well, I I only saw this because it had surfaced by people that I do follow, but uh, he tweeted the following, stood in rain for hour to early vote today. When I got home, I filled in my stack of mail-in ballots and then voted the ballots of my deceased parents and grandparents. They vote just like me. Hmm. That was was actually last week. uh, Was it really? In fact, he got in a little bit of trouble for that. Because it's just, it says two hours ago, John. One of the uh, people who controls the election, the National Election Committee, uh, sent him a reply email saying basically, oh, so you're admitting to voter voter fraud? fraud? (laughs) Yeah, that was was, uh, last week. Wow. Republican U.S. Senate candidate Jason Lewis underwent emergency surgery Monday for a severe internal hernia. The surgery was successful, minimally invasive, according to his campaign manager, Tom Szymanski. Lewis's aides said the campaign would continue, including a fundraiser and a rally scheduled for Tuesday in Minneapolis, with Donald Trump Jr. appearing. Lewis is challenging DFL incumbent U.S. Senator Tina Smith. He previously represented Minnesota's 2nd Congressional District. Chino Latino in Uptown Minneapolis announced Monday its closing, effective immediately. The company added a range of factors contributed to the decision. Phil Roberts is the co-founder of Parasol Restaurant Holdings in Edina. He said the decline was in place three to four years ago. He said gradually COVID and the protests and rioting hit after that. Parasol believes the concept remains strong but it, and that it could be transported to another neighborhood. According to Parasol Restaurant Holdings, Chino Latino's closing was part of steps required for Parasol to emerge from the pandemic healthier than ever. Bad news for Patrick Royce. Artificially sweetened beverages, a new study has found, might be just as bad for your heart as the sugar-laden kind of sodas. Oh, wow. 
Eloy Chazelas, a doctoral student and member of the Nutritional Epidemiology Research Team at the Sorbonne Paris Nord University, said, Our study suggests artificially sweetened beverages may not be a healthy substitute for sugar drinks, and the data provide additional arguments to fuel the current debate on taxes, labeling, and regulation of sugary drinks and artificially sweetened beverages. Pat, I've told you this before, and you just continue to ignore me. The way you the the amount of diet coke you consume, I, yes. I've told you, is is uh, problematic. Yes, yes, it is. Yes. Well, he also, Mr. Well, are you going to do anything about <laughs> it? I, I believe you no, think that I will continue. Uh, the iron stomach will uh, uh, force me to continue to. Have a diet coke. In fact, didn't you declare that it's the cure for COVID back yes, in uh, early the, April? This is the forget <laughs> the uh, penicillin. We got a cure for COVID right now. A diet coke a day keeps the COVID away. <laughs> yes, sir. Never mind. You can throw a nail into a glass of that stuff, and the nail will disappear. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Pandemic, highly underrated. Remember when Pat had the yes, yes, yes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kink. Yep. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Couldn't get over it, could he? Yes, yes, yes. I remember, Joe, you five times a day telling him to stop, and he just kept doing it. No, he couldn't stop. For a long time. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Big music. (laughs) Johnny, you got anything else? What the Diet Coke pandemic? The best was when he introduced Johnny, and Joe says, here's Johnny with a new... Yes, it is! Yes, Yes, it it is! is. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, big music death over the weekend, Jerry Jeff Walker, dying at the age of 78. He'd been diagnosed three years ago with throat cancer. He did have a recovery period. In fact, he toured uh, in the past few years. Walker most noted for writing the song Mr. Bojangles, uh, also a fine interpreter of songs bes- uh, besides writing a lot of tunes, one of the leaders of the outlaw country music uh, movement in the 1970s, becoming running buddies with the Texas outlaws like Willie Nelson, Guy Clark, Waylon Jennings, and Michael Martin Murphy. Walker was eight, uh, 78 years old. Yes, mm. it is. There it is. <laughs> so that's pretty young, John. 78, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's too young to, to be going. So I've, I saw him twice, once before he quit drinking. He was very drunk, but put on a very good show. And I saw him once after he quit drinking, another very good show. Once he was very young, once he was very old. So. I had a friend who died in his sleep the other night, 62 years old. Oh, boy. Oh, Heart attack. Yeah. Do I know him? That's uh, uh, Probably, yep. Okay. Yep. Shoot. A rare two-headed southern black racer snake was found at a residence in Palm Harbor, said the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission after the family's cat brought it home. It's called bicephaly. It's uncommon, but it happens during embryo development when two twins fail to separate, leaving the heads conjoined onto a single body. Live Science reports that the Rogers family's uh, cat made the startling find last month, returning home with the reptile, dropping it off on the living room floor. Uh, Kay Rogers explained that the family named the snake Dos, as in uno dos. The unusual animal's survival odds in the wild were slim, according to the FWC Fish and Wildlife Research Institute. Uh, Both heads, tongue, flick, and react to movement, but not always in the same way. So the heads move in different ways. They said two-headed snakes are unlikely to survive in the wild as the two brains make difficult decisions and different decisions that inhibit the ability to feed or escape from predators. Officials said the snake is being cared for by the FWC staff. Why not just uh, put it out of its misery? Be done with it. (laughs) Just get rid of the damn thing. Yeah.
A skull found and put on a man's fireplace mantle has been identified as that of a missing, missing Morgan County man in Tennessee. According to District Attorney General Russell Johnson, the Morgan County Sheriff's Office retrieved the skull wearing sunglasses after somebody reported it being on a man's mantle. The person in possession of the skull said it was found by an individual in the Gobi, Tennessee area. Morgan County Sheriff's uh, Deputy Wayne Potter is requesting anyone with information uh, relating to the skull contact them. They did find it belonged to Junior Willie McCann. McCann has been missing since September 2012. Uh, the sheriff says he's not sure yet, but the man who had the skull may end up facing some charges. You ever do that, mm. Kenny? Just wander into somebody's shack and I put a skull on the mantle? Actually, I, was, I, I thought that was, not, at first I was a bit put off by it, like who would do that? But then I remembered I should look in the mirror. And what I do when I find skulls is I hang them on fence posts. Ah, so all over, out on the property, there's skulls hanging off fence posts. And you're not talking just during Halloween, you're talking all the time. Yeah, they hang there year-round, dum-dum. Oh, I thought maybe you'd put them away for once Halloween is over. Anyway. Follow yes, up. it follow, is! <laughs> follow along here, okay? An attorney for Tennessee Senator Joey Hensley conceded Monday that the politician, who's also a small-town doctor, prescribed opioids to family members. Hello? Hello? Just a minute, let me... Get out of here. Uh, I, got make sure that's I got it. Okay. It's done. It's done. Hmm. Prescribed opioids to family members and an employee with whom he was in a romantic relationship in what the state contends is a violation of medical ethics. Now, the reason I wanted you to follow along, uh, those patients and the relatives uh, that he prescribed to turned out to be one and the same. He was apparently <laughs> having an affair with a second cousin who was also a nurse that worked with them, and he prescribed opioids to them. Male or female uh, and, nurse? Uh, that would be female. Yeah, okay. Female. Uh, Hensley is a family doctor in the town he represents. It has about 3,700 residents in Lewis County. Uh, the problem, according to uh, some of the folks that uh, like him as uh, being a state senator, they said uh, pretty much half the people in that county are named Hensley. <laughs> oh. Wow. Can you define for me the bloodline of a of a second cousin? Uh, what what qualifies as a second? You're asking cousin? for a friend. Oh, boy, I used how, to know how, all this. How's that work, Joe? I have no idea. Anybody? Reavers, you're from Southern Minnesota. You ought to know. We're <laughs> rural. A first cousin would be the children of your aunt or uncle. Right. Whoop! That's the wrong one. I was going to play the so game. So, who's a second cousin then? I don't know. The, uh, a cousin of theirs? No, you'd be the cousin of theirs. Yeah, it's not important. Second, second cousin. I a think it is important. A child of one's parents' first cousin. So say your dad's first cousin. If they have a child, that person is your second cousin. Oh, does that, okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it yeah, does. It does. Okay, thank you. Okay, let me get back to the news here if I can find well, it. What is first cousin once removed? I'm not looking that one up, sorry. And why are they removed? I'm going to leave if you keep this up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no not before you do your ad. A strip no. club in South Scottsdale, Arizona is shutting down for the foreseeable future because they violated the rules of preventing the spread of COVID. Uh, don't and, uh, say spread in this kind of story. <laughs> uh, investigators said the Adult Interna uh, Entertainment Club failed to enforce... 
uh, the physical distancing rules. They did not go into specifics. Skin Cabaret can't reopen until the department grants permission, and it must go through a phased reopening process. A handful of bars in Scottsdale and Tempe were temporarily closed because of COVID-19 violations, and it took them weeks to get approval to reopen. Bottled Blonde and Casa Amigos Skylanes in Scottsdale and Tempe's Glow Shots and Cocktails were told to close in late August. Didn't get the green light to reopen until October. Anyone who's ever bought anything from Ikea, you can identify with that feeling when you struggle to put something together only to find out a piece is missing. Yeah. Customers of the Swedish multinational captured the frustration when they named a street near a new Spanish store, Colome Falta Un Tornillo, which translates to, I'm missing a screw street. <laughs> Ikea thought up a clever way to make customers identify with their store in Valladolid, a northern Spain town, by asking them to dream up a name for a road beside the store. In a Facebook poll in which more than 1,000 people voted, some 54% backed the winning entry. That beat suggestions including there's no place like Home Street or Hug on the Couch Street. For those who chose the winning entry, Ikea raffled off 10 personalized reproductions of the plaque bearing the name of the winning street. Did you purposely put that next to the strip club story? Not, uh... Okay. John, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And I, I appreciate the uh, the minstrel attempt. Sure. Yeah, All right. Sure. All right. We're going to be back shortly. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. This fellow has come up on the show before. And I've tried to reach him. He's in Germany. His name is Andrew A. Michta, or Michta, M-I-C-H-T-A. He's the Dean of the College of International and Security Studies at the George C. Marshall European Center for Security Studies in Garmisch-Partenkirchen, Germany. And uh, the headline of this piece today, uh, a guest editorial in the Wall Street Journal, is The American Experiment is on Life Support. And he is uh, corroborating much of what, what we have discussed on this show and it reminded me, uh, Rook, were you on board when a history professor from the university would call us occasionally, a guy yes. named John Evans? Yes. And I was telling the boys earlier off the air, I tried to reach him today because there is a John Evans still listed among the faculty at the U of M mm -hmm. in history. And it was a strange phone call because uh, whoever answered it was a woman who didn't seem to know what I was talking about and hung up. Okay. So uh, I don't know if uh, any listeners could be helpful to reconnect me with John Evans, but as I recall, he quite accurately predicted, this has to be 25 years ago, he quite accurately predicted what we're seeing today. It, he was uh, he was clairvoyant mm -hmm. in, in the deconstruction of this country and what his predictions were for it. And I would just dearly love to reconnect with him. I don't know if this is the same John Evans at the U of M, but if anybody listening knows of, of whom I am speaking, boy, would I appreciate getting in touch with this guy again. In any event, this is uh, Andrew uh, Michta uh, writing about neo-Marxists on the street and institutions want to erase their opponents and deconstruct the country. Their er ignorance of history is the hallmark of the current crisis. Few seem able to grasp the complex, often painful, but on balance, grand story of America, one that is an example of what people committed to individual freedom can achieve. Instead, 
They have been indoctrinated to reduce American life to a racial binary of whites versus people of color. It's much like the communist binary of the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat that the Bolsheviks used to seize power in 1917 when millions perishing in the t- with millions perishing in the totalitarian Soviet experiment that followed. And I can't read you the whole thing, but it's just absolutely fascinating. Elites, especially in the professoriate, the failed academy, bear much of the responsibility for this state of affairs, the state of affairs being what we're seeing taking place in Portland, for example, the destruction of monuments, the the call to end uh, our way of life. Elites, especially the professoriate, bear much of the responsibility for this state of affairs. For decades in the classrooms and lecture halls, they laid the groundwork for the present moment. The politics of intolerance preached in nearly every realm of American life assumes that those in flyover country are in effect no longer fellow citizens as they are incapable of grasping the shibboleths of the globalist international order. They are irretrievably from somewhere and once stripped of their community, say because their job was shipped off to Asia, they become internally displaced with neither their views nor lifestyle deserving of elite respect. Those who speak on their behalf are dismissed as populists, uh, all but unfit to be heard in polite society. American free market capitalism has been both the most destructive and the most creative framework for generating wealth and innovation. Yet historically, its destructive quality was tempered by the regnant nationalism of its people, one that ultimately superseded the idea of class. Uh, Let's go to the end here. As cities burn and racialists push to resegregate public spaces, the deconstruction of the American nation is coming dangerously close to completion. The Western nation-state, as the irreducible unit of the international system, is weaker than at any time since the end of World War II. The neo-Marxist left is separating the institutions of American democracy from their national foundations. If they succeed, the U.S. will, over time, lose its Republican culture and morph into a state in which the new aristocracy wields power over a disenfranchised and impoverished populace. The stakes are in full view for anyone to see. And my question is, let's say that happens. Let's say, and this is where this John Evans was weighing in years and years and years ago. He would call. I don't know what triggered his calls, but he predicted a future of, you know, Los Angeles will still exist, but it'll be a, 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 a gate around the very wealthy aristocracy, and the rest of the people will be outside the gates clamoring for food and jobs and whatever. Mm-hmm. Let's say that comes to fruition, that we, uh, we ultimately destroy this great, great experiment, and it's, it, we become an aristocracy uh, on the coasts, and the rest of us are, are non-people. Will that aristocracy continue to, for example, maintain a military? Well, uh, that's a no. really good question because that because, is. Go ahead, Ken. Well, I, I think the majority of the. Well, I shouldn't say majority. I think a great deal of the military members, the men and women of the U.S. fighting machine, come from the center. So then you get rid of voluntary service and you start drafting these people. Well, then how long does this aristocratic? Uh, how long does the aristocracy think they can survive then? They'll just well, be. until the people in flyover country decide we've had enough and, you know, civil war. Here we yeah, go. I guess. I guess. Wow. We've read this guy before in the show, Mikta, Andrew Mikta. It's just it's uh, really good. That's he's wonderful. He's wonderful. Yeah. Aren't we already there, though? To a no, but degree? we're headed that way. I mean, look what happened in Philadelphia last night. <laughs> yeah. 
My God. Do we have reason to believe the officers acted intemperately? Uh, well, I'm. I'd have to quote. Weren't they charged by an, with a guy with a knife? Yes. That's what I read on mm-hmm. Twitter, though. On well, Twitter. I don't do on Twitter. Well, I could. I yeah. I read it in the press. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But the legit. the video of the guy ramming his truck into the officer standing down. Yeah. Wh- what the hell? What are we supposed to do? Right. Yeah. Uh, the Rockefellers, the, the Rockefellers, the Fords, and the Carnegies, and more recently the Kennedys and the Bushes saw themselves bound to their nation in the attendant principle of mutuality of obligation, giving back in money and service to the country that made their success possible. They saw themselves as Americans first, even though they had the means to be citizens of the world. In contrast, America's corporate elite today, especially its financial plutocrats on the East Coast and the digital aristocracy on the West Coast, seem keener to work on global problems. The commitment to one's country is seen as a sign of retrograde populism to be stamped out at the first possible opportunity. Corporate entities have pushed a self-serving vision of a world of transnationalism unconstrained by local cultures and institutions, many of which took centuries to establish and consolidate. The new credentialed oligarchy, people simultaneously from everywhere and nowhere, feel an ever more tenuous sense of obligation to its fellow nationals. I can shrink that down uh, to a microscopic look, the absence of what we used to call the Brotherhood. Yeah, you were talking about it last week. <laughs> They're not there. They're yeah. not there. They're not there because of a financial, it, it, kind of living a transient financial life uh, with every man for himself without much regard to the community in which they are uh, currently stationed to make their fortune, only to leave here and move on to somewhere else. They have nothing to do with the culture of Minneapolis and St. Paul. They're not here for that. They're not here for that. Mm-hmm. And this guy, who is a sounds to me like a pretty brilliant guy, he can see this from a worldview. He can see this from a worldview. The assault on the constitutional right of citizens to speak freely, unless they affirm first the increasingly intolerant orthodoxy, has been unrelenting. The nation's freedom of being abridged by incessant charges of structural racism, white privilege, homophobia, and intolerance, with few pausing to consider the effects on liberal traditions. Today, the neo-Marxists control almost all areas of elite discourse in the U.S. and thus can cancel any opposition by hurling populism or racism at anyone who refuses to submit to their ideological line. Isn't that what's happening? This is just amazing. It's just amazing. I don't know how this will end with the victory of either Trump or Biden. I think it has nothing to do with Trump or Biden. I agree. I don't think it's going to end. I think it's a larger, darker force that began long before Trump arrived on the scene, because there's many in the country who would say Trump is the lone human being responsible for the division in the country. No, this division, is, this, division, this division has been going on for years and years and years, and yeah. it's just getting yeah. worse. And the fact yeah. that um, uh, the, the Dems say Joe Biden wants to bring everybody together. Well, just because Joe Biden uh, wins the presidency doesn't mean all the right-wingers are going to go, oh, you know what, you're right. Let's all hug and sing kumbaya. And, and not only that, Matthew, it also means that the militant left is not behind him. We're seeing this in Portland with Wheeler. 
he has bent over backwards to accommodate the militant left there, and they want him removed. And now the same thing is happening in Minneapolis with Fry. Uh, he is also bent over backwards, and they want him removed. Because nobody they don't play fair. will be good enough. Right. They don't want this system in place. They don't want anybody other than who they choose in that position. Well, listen to this paragraph. It is a tragedy that the young seem to have jettisoned the foundational American ideal, or more likely, were never exposed to it in the first place. The traditional view that political victory and loss are both part of the democratic process and the gist of self-constituting polity has been replaced with a Leninist drive to nullify one's opponent. The principle of the radical politics now consuming the country seems to be, I win, you disappear. That's cancel mm -hmm. culture. Mm -hmm. I'll keep trying to reach this fellow, Andrew Michta. He's the mm -hmm. dean of the College of International and Security Studies at the George C. Marshall European Center for Security Studies in Garmisch Partenkirchen, Germany. It's just uh, I know we've I know we've uh, referenced his work before on this show, and he's just he's just right on the money. And I really, really wish I could find someone to help me find John Evans if he's even still with us, because this John Evans fellow was telling us that 25 years ago. Well, Weinstein is basically saying the same thing on his mm -hmm. podcast too. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. the the, the as they call the intellectual dark web, is a fascinating place. And it's where the left and right have come together and uh, to discuss basically what's happening in this country. And you nailed it a, a month or more ago. It's, it's this country is committing suicide. I, I don't remember who you got that line from, I but can it, tell it's you, apropos. I can it's tell apropos. you who that cultural suicide is painless. And this is a piece that was written by, I saved the piece because I liked it so much, uh, Victor Davis Hanson. Yes, that's it. Yep. The story of all dark ages is that when civilizations finally prefer suicide, they do it easily, and the remnants flock to the countryside to preserve what they can, allowing the cities go to go on with their ritual self-destruction. Victor Davis Hanson. Uh, he wrote this August 30th. It bears to repeat a few of the paragraphs. In February, New York was the world's most dynamic metropolis. By August, the city was more like the ruins of Ephesus. It is not at all that hard to blow up a culture. You can do it in the summer if you haven't much if you haven't much worry about others. When you loot and burn a target in an hour, it takes months to realize there are no more neighborhood target stock groceries, toilet paper, and Advil to buy. You can, in a night, assault the police, spit at them, hope to infect them with the coronavirus, and even burn them alive. But when you call 911 in a few weeks after your car is vandalized, your wallet is stolen, and your spouse is violent, and no one comes, only then do you sense that you earlier were voting for a pre-civilized wilderness. You can burn down a Burger King in a half an hour, but it will take years to find anyone at Burger King, Inc. who would ever be dumb enough to rebuild atop the charred ruins to prepare for the next round of arson in 2021 or 2023. Liberal elite whites themselves are now uneasy since the abstract doctrines that, so nihilistically that they so nihilistically advocated from defunding the police to recalibrating looting as redistribution are now becoming uh, re refied and closer to home they see that when blm protesters jam a restaurant to demand fealty or lecture on white privilege or march into a suburb to wake up the commuter to apprise him of his immortality the racialists will not qualify their agendas uh with except for woke folks and he goes on and on and on talking about professional sports and, uh this was victor davis hansen 
and he was writing this for uh, who in the hell did he write it for? Uh, AmericanGreatness.com. So uh, many, many great thinkers are addressing the problem that we uh, we attempt to address merely from the simple uh, boathouse above the shores of Spoon Lake here in mm-hmm. Garage Logic, where mm-hmm. American life continues and American reverence for America continues. America, America, and it's. Uh, I just heard that dog again. Oh, Larry. Wow. Larry. Larry. Loud. Larry. What's well, Larry's hey. nap time? Yeah. Uh, will you do me a favor? Will you play that video that I just sent you? Are you sure? Yeah. I think people should hear this. Joe Biden is speaking. Rook, we're at Georgia? Is that where he? I'm pretty sure it was Georgia. Yeah. It was in South, yeah, I think. I don't know what city, but I know it's Georgia. Here we go. Here's a little snippet. He's at a little, uh, not town. My grandpa's name Ambrose Finnegan. As kitchen table, I learned. My used to say... I used to say, Joey, nobody's better than you, but you're no better than anybody else. Okay. Maybe it's the Scranton and me. I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, worried about what they can make next month's mortgage payment. Well, it is what it is because he is who he is. That's why it is what it is. What? He is who he is. <laughs> I don't know what he's he, saying. He is who he is. Yeah. That's Denny Green. They are who they thought. Right. Oh, they are a, who we thought they were. That'll be a fun State of the Union speech, huh? Jeez. <laughs> if if well, if he were to win, is, I still don't think he's going to win. But uh, this is sad. I mean, this is like making fun of Sid on a CCO the right. last three years of his life. Right. It's just it, it, he's so far gone that this is sad. Well, I, I don't and remember the fact that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kenny. The fact that he has a shot. Is amazing. Oh, he's got more than a shot. Well, when we were watching, I can't remember if I brought this up on the show, we were watching the, the debates, and my wife doesn't really follow politics at all, but she sat there and watched it with me, and she's a nurse, and she said, he has dementia. Why are they putting him through this? Exactly. Exactly. Joe, you know why they're putting him through it, Chris. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Joe, run that, run that by Reeves, how that works out when the wife doesn't really you know, care about politics, huh? <laughs> How's that working out in your house? Wouldn't I like that? Oh, by the way, uh, (laughs) speaking of that, uh, Sales wants to know what time usually on the podcast her appearance is going to be. They they might have an endorsement for her. You know what I'm going to say to you? (laughs) Turn your mic off quick. Turn your mic off quick. We'll cover you. We'll cover you. We got you there. You do too go to church. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They are open, by the way. I I was wrong about that. Oh, there you go. They are open. I think they're... All you do is lie. I heard her say that. Yeah, I do. She said that. All you do is lie. There are attendance requirements, but... uh, Uh, limits uh, uh, but you can go to church and she said she said well name me a restaurant you can't go to well okay uh, they're open but with reduced capacity and and uh, what about concerts you never go to a concert anyway well the hell i don't i would i would have gone to the stones i would have gone to the stones in may at u.s bank stadium i sat with you for half of the u2 concert yeah no i I love i love concerts i love concerts he did she goes, I might have left early. She goes, oh, he's going to get water. I said, uh, we're never seeing him again. He's yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I secretly bought you a beer at the Al Green B.B. King concert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Think about that. Mimi, though. She's just as sweet as can be. When I was over there last time yeah. inviting me, hey, you want to hang out for a little bit and sit around? And, and she's just so sweet, Joe. No. The... Uh, <laughs> No, he just rejected. No, B, rejected. B, B, B. He just B. got turned away. B. Hold on, we got to hear B again. Where Where do I have oh. B? I got it right here. 
because of coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, mm -hmm. but you have a choice. Do you A, quarantine with your wife and child, or B, B. <laughs> definitely B. Shaking his head. Definitely B. All right, GLers, if you wish, uh, look up the writings of Victor Davis Hansen and look up the writings of Andrew A. Michta, M I C H T A. Uh, they're very illuminating about what is happening to our beloved land here. Uh, so. Uh, it is so this. depressing. I just can't. And we're getting closer and closer. And then you watch TV and every single... P they sh it should be... <laughs> oh, oh. Hi, oh, hi. Oh, don't, no, don't say anything. Let's pretend. Oh, we have to because... Shh, quiet. There's a bunch of uh, emails that just showed up here. Oh. And I, was, I was wondering oh. where... Oh, I know where they came from. I know where they came from. They came from uh, when I reached over to get the Victor Davis Hansen piece. Uh. Yep. Old BDH. Okay, let's, uh, let me tell you. No. <laughs> Say, Spencer Grunhofer wants you to know that this Sunday, November 1st, is the last day to deliver full carcass deer processing. That would be for your bow hunters. This Sunday, December 1st. And he wants us to know that the uh, new 2,500 square foot edition is finally going to get November underway. November 1st. That's what I said. What did they say? December November, I'm sorry, Got November. I was close. Yep, yep. No, no. they're going to be okay. That's right. She, I think she's looking at him right now. And she's that new one that, hand on the hip. She is. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> What's her favorite product from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned? The new 2,500-square-foot uh, edition is starting November 9th. But ah. this Sunday, last day to drop off the old deer for full carcass uh, deer processing and don't forget the the brats and the philly patties and the steaks and the salmon and thick the chicken bacon. and the bacon and the thick cut thick thick cut bacon oh. it's been a wonderful wonderful discovery uh for glers to have discovered grunhofer's old-fashioned meats in downtown hugo right on highway 61 This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Hey, uh, hey, Such. Yeah. We have a call uh, into the uh, into the studio. An old friend of ours. All right. Uh, Rick. Uh, hello, Joe. Rick from uh, Harlingen. Uh, this is indeed is Rick from uh, Har Har Harlingen, Texas. How are we you? Haven't, we haven't heard from you for quite some time. Are you all right? Yeah, everything is fine. And uh, I am just relaxing down here. Uh, a stone's throw from South Padre, sitting on the back porch. Mm hmm. And uh, I'm about to crack a cold on here. I see. But I did, uh, I have not uh, um, been in touch with you for quite some time. No, you haven't. I, I did. Uh, I, I did. Uh, come across uh, something r rather uh, a story happened to my buddy uh, uh, Hector. Uh huh. He lives down the street in the double wide. And uh, a double and, what? Uh, a, a double wide. How wide? That is when they take uh, <laughs> a, a two mobile mobile homes uh -huh. and they they connect them together. Sure. So they're they're two. Oh, so I see. They call that a double wide. Rick, do they ever do a double long? So you'd have to fold it in half to transport it. Do they ever do anything like <laughs> that? That reminds me of a joke I used. No, I'm, I don't think it does. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why Rick of 
Uh, you know, there's 750,000 podcasts in the country. I don't know why you've chosen us to, uh, to you occasionally call. Corolla or... Uh, the, uh, well, <laughs> there are some other ones out there, but I do... Uh, I like the... I like the uh, there's a number of points that I like to listen to the uh, Garage Logic podcast. Mm-hmm. And the, the, one of the points is... Um, I, I, I will tell you this. I do like the information that you present in a in a common sense I see. way. Well, I know we're all not politically aligned, and and I don't care to reveal who I'll be voting for. But uh-huh. uh, that's one thing I highly respect. Probably uh, the thing I like the most is the disrespect of your staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you keep, it's like they'll throw you over the cliff. Yes, they do, and, Rick. And about oh, maybe 30, 40 seconds later, you see some, some scraped-up fingertips just coming over the summit of the cliff. Mm-hmm. And they basically, that Kenny, he'll run up to your toe. Uh, he'll step your, on your my hand, finger. won't he? He'll step on your hand, yeah. You've never done that, have you, Rick? Uh, no, I, I, not personally. I think I have some uh, virtue. Uh, I'm, I'm very virtuous. But uh, I, I thank your staff, and you just keep coming back like a... Like a dog that's been beaten down to nothing <laughs> with your tail wagging. And, uh-huh. I guess Did you vote early this year, Rick? Uh, I have not voted. I am one that would like to uh, to vote uh, in, in person. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a nice little uh, a church here that mm-hmm. uh, we vote at every time, and it's the same volunteers. And uh, life is pretty good in, um, in Harlingen, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might add also that I, and I, I don't want to talk about voting because I don't want to, I don't care to, to, to tip my hand as to what political party I'm affiliated well, what, with. Why did Not you call? Cares. Why did you call? Yeah, why, why are you calling us? Well, I, I, I am impressed with the new, uh, with the new feature in your podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I enjoy it. What, what, what uh, is that? The inclusion of your family. Uh, and, 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 and Mimi, Mimi sounds like she's just as sweet as pie uh-huh. and, uh, and a kind-hearted soul. No, no, sweet no, Rick. That, and, sweet pie. Sometimes yeah. she can't be direct. I understand that. She but can't I, I, be. You two, if you ever come down to Harlingen, if you yep. ever uh, take that, uh, that triumph of yours or whatever's in your garage with the hood open, uh-huh. Well, you drive that down here, and um, you guys have a place to stay on my couch. Oh, that's well, that's very n- on the couch. Well, on I mean, couch. I was, I thought maybe a room would be better, but that's okay. I figured you would both be sleeping separate. Uh, she'd yeah. get the bedroom, you'd be sleeping on the couch. Well, be, that's a very kind offer of you. Is there anything else we can do for you, Rick? Well, I, I started to begin my story telling you about about Hector. Oh yes, Boy, he right, had a tough Hector. he had a tough go of it. Yeah, he, uh, he is it a true me, story. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. He went down to the clinic yesterday. Hector, he saw his doctor. Uh, he went to tell him because he can see into the future. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said, well, how long have you suffered from that condition? And the guy tells him, since next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what now? Do I need to repeat that? Yes. The goes to the, Hector went to the doctor. And the doctor said, he told the doctor, I can see into the future. Sure. The doctor yeah. said, how long have you had that condition? And he said, since next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you came up one. with, huh, uh, Rick? That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Where's your wife, I've, by the way? I've got two more. Uh, I believe she's out for a walk. 
A, a what? I believe she's out for a walk. A walk. Yeah, she's over there with uh, with Gertrude. She's she's uh, sure. They she's a walk and, and talk. What's her name, go, Rick? Uh, Rick? Does she ever go yogging? Is she a yogger? I'm not sure what that is. It's a Rick. What is her name? The dear is Mrs. That uh, European? Rick. Uh, that is Helen. 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 There. Yeah. Are there uh, are there children, Rick? Uh, of my children, they, they yes. are not here. They are not no, here. I, scattered about the country. What? How many kids? I've got four. What are their names? Uh, one is named Moses. Mm-hmm. One is named Drusilla. Right. Henry. Right. And Murgatroyd. Murgatroyd. <laughs> yes. And they have they have a, they have a good they have a good time. They they sure. all get along together. Sure, come yeah. down and see me, but. Do you know what the last thing my grandfather said to me before he kicked the bucket? Nope. What? Grandson, watch how far I can kick. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say, Rick? He said, Grandson, watch how far I can kick this bucket. <laughs> and there's one more. Oh. One more, sir. One more, huh, Rick? Have you ever studied geese? Geese? Yes. Have you ever studied geese? I'm not and how they fly, not, and not and how they consciously, fly. but I pay attention to them when I see them on a golf course, for example. Yes, I'm sure you do. And if they scatter, do you see how they fly in a V formation? Yes. yes. Yeah. And do you know how there's always one side that has more than the other side? I do right? notice that. Do you know why that is? I don't know why. Because there's more on that side. There's more geese on that side, yeah. <laughs> oh, talking about 16 months there, Boy. Uh, Rick. Well, that was maybe me. 18 I, I, months. I am going to have my beer, but I don't want to get religious. But how does Moses make his coffee? Uh, I, I don't know. He brews it. <laughs> he brews it. Hebrew. Hebrew. Oh, I get it. Hebrew. I'm having like an image. I'm having an image is, right now of the Reverend Tim Christopher being one of the few listeners who actually thinks this is funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I, can, yeah. I can assure you. I can assure you that the Rev, good Rev will have in his next sermon or homily. Do you know the last thing my grandfather said to me before he kicked the bucket? <laughs> Grandson, watch how far I can kick this bucket. <laughs> that makes no sense. But it's clean for church. You. The reason it's humorous is because you thought it was something else kicking the bucket. But See. this was just Grandpa kicking the bucket. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thanks for explaining. Now I get it. Okay, Rick. Uh, well, thank you. Tree, Rick. That's all the time I have. I'm going to run back down to the beach and uh, throw some, skip some stones in the ocean down at uh, South Padre. All right, Rick. Thank you. All right. What, what's your last your name, Rick? Oh, I, I don't think I'll reveal that because too many of your listeners will come down to South Padre and our lives in Texas and, and try to stay on my couch. That's a pretty good yeah, idea. That's so. a good idea, Rick. Yeah. Thank yes. you. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Gentlemen, uh, yeah. I hope you enjoy your day. All right, Rick. Thank, thank you, you, Rick. Rick from uh, Harlingen. From Harlingen, We haven't Texas. heard from him in a while. Uh, no. Oh. Joe, is there a name for the magical moment when you get to clear off a virgin driveway on a Friday evening during a snowstorm so it doesn't get too deep, only to awaken Saturday morning to another virgin driveway. Fantastic. Matt wishes to know. Uh, I can't come up with a name for that, although that certainly is fantastic. That's rinse and repeat. 
That's a, that's a twofer, isn't it? It's a twofer. It's a lot Ooh, of snow just, is what it is. And uh, Bill Stein up in Aiken writes, the subject of cylinder index came up again. As we age, our index naturally comes down. I think a few years ago we visited the title of GLer Emeritus. This title should be bequeathed to all GLers who have reached the age of 70. This year, my old hunting buddy Ashley and I have attained the hallowed position of ceremonial deer hunter. We will show up at the shack at noon on opening day, fire the ceremonial 30-06 blanks that we have caged from our buddies at the VFW Legion Honor Guard to call the real hunters led by Venice and Ben in for lunch in the sacred telling of tales from hunts gone by, not unlike Jack hitting the first drive to open the Masters. All right. Uh, we'll have to take that cylinder index emeritus into consideration. Yes. Man. <laughs> Those were some pretty good jokes, uh, I think. Since next Monday. Since next Monday. How long have you had this? Since next Monday. Uh-huh. About six bucks. Right. <laughs> wow. Rook, have you ever met Rick? I have not. I've only talked to him off the air a couple times. Yeah, I would love to know his last name because I would go down to Harlingen to, just to go hang out with him for the afternoon. I know, I know you would. Is I that a vacationing spot? Do a lot of people fly to Harlingen? Uh, Harlingen, Texas, is more your blue collar uh, vacation spot, but it gotcha. is close to South Padre, mm-hmm. so a lot of people go to South Padre or or hit the. Border. What's the other one? Galveston, right? Galveston's Galveston, another kind of yep yep spot. And like Laughlin, that? they like Laughlin. I got you. Only. <laughs> you know, that's just. That's I mean, what are you gonna do? Only, yeah, because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India. Where? Mumbai, India. Mumbai. Wow. Uh, I'd, like, I'd uh, like to know where that is. <laughs> didn't Rick it's, have? Didn't he have? A, he has a weird way to pronounce things with W and H. He, on it. he, he does, does, doesn't he? Or like double wide. He double double a double wide. Cool yeah. whip. Yeah. It's on this date in Minnesota history, October 27th. On this day, Mm -hmm. in 1991, Jack Morris pitched a 10-ing shutout as the Twins beat the Braves 1-0 in the seventh game of the World Series to win it. Never tire of watching those. You know what, what, boys? That'll never happen again. Nope. Ever. 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 How long did Kershaw go the other night? Five and two-thirds. Isn't that something? Has anyone, has any starter in the World Series gone over six innings? This year? Yeah. I don't believe so, Johnny. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I can't think of one. No. Who takes the hill tonight? Uh, I should know this. The rookie Why? for the Dodgers. Well, they're doing the bullpen game, game for the Dodgers. Um, and I'm not, I, uh, Blake Snell for Snell. Tampa Bay. Snell's pitching yeah. for um, Okay, baseballers that are purists. Nine? Nine. Yeah. Uh, would you call that the greatest game, World Series game in history? No, because I think that was uh, that was uh, I think that was emblematic of the way baseball was still being in 1991. I okay. mean, you weren't going to get Bob Gibson out of a game. Yeah. Right. Okay. You weren't going to get Whitey Ford out of a game. Okay. It's a different. It's a completely different game today. And I completely I, different game. I don't know if he included this in this day in history, but yesterday, 29 years ago, was the. First time I ever swore in front of my parents. I saw that when Puckett <laughs> hit the home run and I dropped the S bomb. <laughs> I was 12 years old. Oh. Yeah, but your mom was asleep. You said. Yeah, the, in fact, my dad had nodded off the inning before, and I went, "Holy!" Mom. So you got you got away with it. 
A little bit. Uh, I was yeah. told to never do that again very sternly no. as my dad and I were high-fiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, was that the we'll see you tomorrow night game? Yes, it was. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Man. First time for me was uh, I was saying hello to my mother who was calligraphing in her studio oh, yeah. a piece. And we had a cat, and I had the cat on my shoulders, and I didn't have a back on, uh, shirt on. And the cat decided to jump off and clawed my back. And I went, ah, oh, the freaking cat. <laughs> and I looked, and I Uh-oh. saw the pen. It stopped and immediately went off the paper, the cowhide oh. that she was writing on. Yeah. And it was the slow turn. And she said, what did you say? And I said, oh, that tr- trucking cat, you know, floating that trial balloon. Oh, that yeah. trucking cat, you know how it is. Yeah. And then she just said, leave, and then finished. But, okay. Uh, well, okay, boys. Hey. It, was a, it was a nominal effort. Oh, we, what we gotcha. do? Gotcha. Yeah. We heard from Rick. We heard, from, we heard Rick. from Rick from Harlan. Great Ninja. jokes, by the way. Well, how did Moses music. prepare his coffee? Yeah. He brews it. Yeah. I got that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Is that just like your uh, your Jewish friend? What kind of uh, beer does he drink? Uh, he drinks Is- Israel Light. Well, that's the fat one. The, yes. The, oh. the regular one is a Hebrew. Yeah. Yeah. He Hebrew. drinks Hebrew. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And the fat ones drink Israel Light. How about Pot MN? Pot MN is where you can go back and listen to uh, fine guests like Rick from Harland in Texas. And you can also hear uh, Royce's podcast, Table Talk with Rookie's Family, all sorts of Backlog Garage Logic podcasts, and anything having to do with Minnesota podcasts. Pod MN on your smartphone or podmn.com on your computer. Is Lacey Johnson tomorrow? Chris? <sighs> I'm going to get right back on, on the phone. <laughs> I can't remember. Is he tomorrow or, or Thursday? Stay tuned. Yeah.